Welcome to A Path Home. This is the podcast where we demystify the tasks related to after-death care through hearing stories from people who have cared for their own deceased loved ones at home. I'm your host, Sarah Cruz. I'm the director of Heartland Prairie Cemetery, a home funeral guide, death educator, and a member of the National Home Funeral Alliance. Today I have a great conversation with Carla Reed Brown. I was connected to Carla through Olivia Barham, a longtime active member of the NHFA, having served on the board and as a returning presenter at our national conferences. Olivia is the founder of Sacred Crossings, based in Los Angeles, where she offers workshops and classes in conscious dying, home funerals, end-of-life planning, and a certificate program in the art of death midwifery. To find out more about Olivia and Sacred Crossings, follow the link I provide in the show notes. Carla shares the story of the home funeral she created for her mother with the guidance and support of Olivia. As usual, we began our conversation when I asked Carla to tell me about her mom. My mom, Mary Lou Reed, was 91 years old, and we live here in um, L.A. and Westchester, And uh, my dad died five years ago, and my mom was just a dedicated mom, three kids, married for over 50 years, lived a pretty simple life, really healthy, basically had one bad week. She couldn't breathe very well, and my sister called me and said, "I, I think we better get her to the hospital, and I said, great, meet you down there, and she was a funny, she was really funny because she was very no nonsense and very faithful Catholic, not afraid to die whatsoever, never had any fear of dying. And I'm her healthcare, like I'm in charge of all that stuff. So Mm -hmm. I had to make all the decisions. So when the doctor examined her and everything said, look, this is, she's 91 it's like looking under the hood of a 30 something year old car. You start finding things, you know, the spark plugs need this and we could do this and we could do that. But I just want to make sure she's not in any pain and she's okay. So that was kind of our path. She, she had a DNR in place, no resuscitation, no anything, no CPR, nothing. Mm -hmm. And so I had a conversation with my mom and I said, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure you're in, you're not in any pain or distress and let's see what the doctor says we can do for you here at the hospital. And we stabilized her and her, her heart rate and her breathing. They gave her some breathing treatments cut to the doctor says, we've done everything we can. I said, I really want to get her home. I just want to get her home. That was my plan. And he said, okay, well let's get her to this rehab with the, with the intent of getting her home. Well, she was in the rehab center one night. She threw a clot in her leg. We rushed her to Cedar Sinai and she had an emergency surgery to get the clot out. She did great. She was in ICU. I kissed her. The, the doctor said, you know, she's going to be out of it for a while. You, you've been up all night. Why don't you go home and get a shower? And he was telling me by her bedside in the ICU, this is going to be a hard recovery for your mom. This is going to be really hard. What I had to do to get that clot out. It's, it's, she can do it, but it's going to be really hard. And I believe that my mom heard all of this stuff mm. going on. I think she heard. And um, she wasn't really that interested. And um, 
So I went home and 30 minutes later, the doctor called me and said, where are you? You know, you better get back here. Things aren't looking good. And, and she passed away. Um, when, when I wasn't, wasn't there. Yeah. In the ICU still. She was in the ICU. She'd only been there for a few hours. And like I said, she did great in the surgery, but that was it. Did you have an idea that you could bring her body home and care for her? How did you find out that 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 was even possible? Because when I think of an ICU death, you know, usually you're kind of faced with all of the uh, policies at the hospital, release policies and all that. And, And so how did you know that there was something that you could do? I knew only because nine months before I started working for Olivia. Oh, really? And my mom's passing was really my, my birth into what I do now for Mm -hmm. a living. And so I was studying under Olivia and Alexandra, our funeral director. And I've been studying under them, just understanding all of this. And then when my mom died, it was like the time where I was like, oh my gosh, I get to do this. I was so grateful because my dad had died five years before and he died in the middle of the night and he fell over the dining room table and my sister found him and called me in the morning and my dad was there and I called another friend of mine and I said, my dad died last night. I don't know what to do, (laughs) even though my parents have everything taken care of. They've already done their prearrangement. They're going to be buried in a Catholic cemetery. They're going to be cremated. But five years ago, when my dad died, I kept him home for about four hours. And I didn't know what to do with him, but my friends and I kind of, we kind of (laughs) did some breathing and we made like an altar around him. And I invited people to come over and I told the police and the fire department to all leave. I'm like, you guys can go. Like, we're good. Like, everything's fine, you know? And we did all this stuff, not wow. knowing. Yeah. So that was all just like you, your instincts were like, I'm just going to keep him here and create ritual around this event. Yeah. Because, good for you. you. Know, wow. Yeah. It was so cool. I had a couple of friends who were so smart because I like I called them first. I didn't call anybody. I didn't call the mortuary. Everybody's like, tell the police to leave. You guys. Can. And I'm like, can I do this? Is this something I can do? This feels weird. But then I knew like this was a really important time for my dad. And me. I was really, really close to my dad. He's like my person. And so having that time with him. So that was five years. Then then skip to, you know, last year working for Olivia. So I'm in the ICU to your point. I call Olivia and I go, now what do I do? I'm not, she didn't die at home. Can Mm -hmm. I still do this? Is this something I can do? She said, yeah, you, you're going to fill out this form. It's just a normal transport thing. We're going to ask people, the driver to come, have your mom ready, ask them to unplug all the things and Mm-hmm. And you can bring her home. And I'm like, thank God, because I didn't get her there. You know, I felt so bad. And so we brought her home. That's fantastic. So you were an advocate for your mom and Olivia was an advocate for you. Oh, yeah. That time is so weird. 
you know, you're, there's so much going on and the hospital has an agenda there. They need their bed. I don't know. There's all kinds of things going on. Yeah. And it's really important to have someone in your court that knows what's possible and what the laws are versus the policies of the hospital and that kind of thing. That's, that means everything because, you know, you're not, you're in this place. I mean, you look at, I already, I already had some prior knowledge. And even when you're faced with, you know, my mom just died. It wasn't my first nature. I had, I needed somebody. It's like a, you know, same thing in a birth, like a a midwife or whatever. You need somebody to to like advocate for you. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So did you have a, were you able to transport her body yourselves or did you hire someone to do that? I hired uh, Olivia Sacred Crossings. We have people that, you know, they know Cedar sinai We had a lovely man um, that we use all the time that he does a lot of transports for us and no problem. They had all the proper paperwork. I had signed every, I had signed this, our uh, release for, and the hospital was awesome. Actually, they were amazing. They took care of my mom. She had just had the surgery. So they kind of bandaged her up and we, we used the sheet that she was laying on and, you know, got her down the elevator and into his car and they met me at home. That's great. Yeah. So my mom, so my sister was living with my mom, helping take care of my mom. And so my sister was me this whole time. And I said, well, (laughs) she didn't know anything about this. So I said, um, this is what's happening. She's like, what's going on, Carla? You know, and I said, cause I'm like a quarterback kind of person in the family. And I said, this is what's happening. We're going to go home and mom's coming with us. And she's like, what? I said, yes. Um, I know mom and dad had all their plans as Catholics, what they want and they want a mass and all these things, but this is for, this is going to be for us. And she really, I, I give her credit because she really went along with the program. She, she could have easily freaked out or thought this was weird, but she trusted me. And so she w- we drove back in my car and Olivia came and, and I'll, I'll come and Alex will come and we'll help guide your family through this because now that you've helped other people, you know, we'll help guide, we'll help guide you so you can do whatever you need to do with your mom and your family and your friends to say goodbye to your mother. So mm-hmm. we all met back at the house and Olivia brought some dry ice for me and she had a beautiful shroud, this peacock blue, which was my mom's favorite color. And it was just so crazy that she happened to have this beautiful shroud and we brought her back to my mom's home. Olivia brought a, her massage table and I looked at my sister and I said, we're going to do some things here. You're probably going to think this is nuts, but I, I don't know. And she said, she looked at me and she said, can I invite a friend of mine? And so that's where we started. Uh, we, we started gathering a few people to uh, really pay tribute to my mom Mm-hmm. And I, my sister and I got to bathe my mom and shampoo her hair. And we played my mom's music. 
her Lawrence Welk music and we prayed over her with Catholic, you know, our father and Hail Marys. And then we closed her chakras and rubbed her in frankincense and myrrh, made her as pure as the day she came. And it was just so incredible. That sounds so beautiful. I like how you honored her belief system and your sister's belief system, and then also brought in your uh, spiritual approach to chakra healing and that kind of thing. Yeah, it was, it was neat because Olivia is is a celebrant and I asked her to to kind of lead us through it. And it was really incredible because we got to, through the chakra system, it was really a neat way to highlight each chakra and what it what it provides us in this vessel and to you know say that mom was creative and she had a willpower and uh the things that she loved and the people she touched and all those things that really made me really go into that place to honor all aspects of my mom Good, good and bad or whatever, you know? Sure, sure. So it sounds like your sister was maybe a little, not concerned, but that your sister was a little unsure about what you were suggesting at first, but she very quickly came around to this feels like the right thing to be doing. Completely. I, I, I bring up the, the Catholic thing only because her and her friend, I, I'm watching them and they're kind of, sitting there going, wow, this is kind of strange. And then they're very good at like cleaning my mom and washing her and, and, and making a Q-tip with her ears. And, and Olivia's kind of guiding us from the background saying, now do this. And, and my sister looks and she says, I just, something just hit me. She said, this is what they did for Jesus. And that was it. It was like, they're in, you know, like that, that was, that from that point on, they were, they were in. So, um, right down to the shroud wrapping, right down to the shroud, right down to the shroud. So it was, it was so incredible to, and I'm, I, you know, I'm not close with my sister at all. We don't see eye to eye. And it, this was this moment where none of it mattered. Mm. It was just about my mom about honoring her, thanking her for being our mother, for the life that she gave us and all the things that she taught us. And that's what it was about. How long did you keep her body at at the home? We kept her for a day. Uh, We had some friends come over. (laughs) My mom used to joke, she was 91. She goes, I don't have any friends. I've kind of outlived everybody. It was pretty funny. So we had a few people come over, a few people, a lot of people, we had a priest, her priest came over and did last rites. And we had, um, my, I have a brother, an adult brother who is uh, mentally disabled and autistic. And he lives in a group home and I had uh, the caregivers bring him. I needed him to say goodbye to his mom, even though I didn't know how much he could understand. But I thought it was really important that he came too. He came with his two caregivers. One lady is from Belize and the other lady was from Jamaica. And watching them walk in and they're real quiet and they're being real respectful, kind of staying in the back. 
And I brought Scott up to my mom and I said, you know, mom died, you know, she got sick and, you know, but she's okay now. She's in heaven with God. Right. You know, and he's not verbal. He's not very verbal. And he stood there and I had him put his hand on her chest. And then he sat down and I'm talking to the two caregivers. And I said to them, you know, do you do this in your country? Do do is this? And they're both looking at me and they're, I can't believe this. This is what we do where we're from. I didn't know you could do this in the States. This is, I can't, this one woman was just beside herself. She said, this is what we do. We bring our, and we stay and we eat and it's three days and it's five days and it's everybody and their brother comes over. I can't believe we're seeing this. That is so awesome. Yeah. It shifts everything, (laughs) right? It was so cool. Yeah. So she was laid out on a massage table, wrapped in the beautiful peacock shroud, her face, hands showing. Yeah. So um, her head was out and she was shrouded and her hands were kind of placed on her chest. And we had found symbols around the house of what represented her. And everywhere we looked the day she died, it seemed like there was a hibiscus plant like popped up everywhere. So we started put kind of putting a hibiscus like mm. by her ear, you know, cause she loved Hawaii and she loved anything tropical. And then uh, we found some hydrangeas and we just kind of placed them on her body. And my mom was a candy freak, sweet tooth. So my daughter, the last thing she did, she tucked inside uh, a Snickers bar and a, and a sucker. And so mom could, <laughs> so grandma could take it to heaven with her. That's really nice. <laughs> So, yeah. so uh, were you at all nervous about your daughter coming in or was this just like part of what you, I'm just wondering how you felt as a mom and then how you observed your daughter. I mean, interacting, obviously placing the, the candy was a very personal, heartfelt thing that she did. Again, Olivia such an incredible death midwife. I called her and she, she had said, checked in on me and said, how are things going with your mom? And, you know, check the dry eyes. And she was kind of just guiding me through the process. And I said, well, I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring Talia to say goodbye to grandma. And Olivia said, well, did you ask her if she wants to see grandma? Did you maybe show her a picture beforehand? And I thought, Oh my gosh, I, Okay, I blew that one. So I go, you're absolutely right. I need to ask her first. And so I asked my daughter and I said, do you want to see grandma? Do you want to, I'll show you a picture of what she looks like. She looks a little different than last time you saw her. And um, she said, yep, I want, I, yes, I want to see her. And yeah, no problem. Yeah, I definitely want to say goodbye. So that, that's how it happened. Thank God for Olivia. Cause I was getting ready just to be, I, I was, putting my thoughts on closure and things with my daughter. And I hadn't even considered her. I have Olivia to thank. So she did, and she did a great job and she put her hand on her. And we, I think we said a prayer because she had just learned, she was in kindergarten. She had just learned the um, Hail Mary. So we did a Hail Mary and then we did the most important piece, which was the candy. Nice. Nice. (laughs) That's very sweet. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. So after that, um, she was taken to be cremated? 
Yeah. And it was interesting. I, my parents had everything taken care of and they were to be cremated. My mom was to be cremated and then buried uh, at the cemetery. And it was so interesting because I called the transport at the funeral home mortuary and they had the hardest time understanding <laughs> when I gave them information. I said, well, no, she's here. And they're like, well, where did she die? And I said, well, the hospital. And, and having them understand that I brought her home was a complete disconnect. It took <laughs> forever to make them under it. They just didn't get it. It, it was really, really, they, and it took a minute for me to be like, look, I'm, very grounded. What I'm saying, I, I'm saying it correctly, but it didn't compute. <laughs> <laughs> so they must have been kind of blown away when they walked in and saw how beautifully laid out she was and the space you had created around her. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We had candles and pictures of my mom when she was young and they come in and it's very serene and, and, and I'm not falling apart. You know, I'm, I'm now I'm like, God, this beautiful closure came through for me. I was like, okay, we're done. Like, we don't need to stay for three days. And, and so, yeah, they came in this, uh, a man and a woman came, and, you know, really sweet. And, and they're kind of looking around and I go, isn't, does she look pretty? <laughs> they probably thought I was crazy, but I said this, you know, that thank you for coming. And it was like, probably like midnight or 11 o'clock at night when they finally got there. And they were really respectful and lovely. But man, getting them there was was kind of, was kind of hard. But but it was but it was fine. So they came, and then she was cremated, and then I think maybe a week later, then I had a little ceremony for uh, my mom and dad at the at, at graveside. And did your sister arrange for a mass for them? I did a, um, we had a giant funeral for my dad because he was very active in the church and stuff. And my mom always said she never wanted a big thing. She just wanted the family. Uh, so we had a, our family priest, he did a service graveside and did a blessing. And at a later date, we had a little mass at our church uh, mm -hmm. dedicated to her. So that's how we did both pieces. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds it like you up. just did such a beautiful job honoring her and bringing the family together. It's an amazing story, Carla. <laughs> it's really good. Thank you for sharing it. Is there anything else? Is there um, anything that you might say to other people who are considering this option and find themselves in a tricky situation i i just think um you know especially with covid and the things that we we've, we've learned it's so important you know it's just as important how you come here is how you leave and this you know death is a part of this life and i guess what i've learned even in this conversation is the advocate you know, if you have a gut feeling that there's something you need to do, find your find your advocate um, yeah. Yeah. to help you in that because they're there. And I think we're getting wise to the fact that, I mean, even seeing those women from other country going, yeah, this is what we do. Like the rest of the world does this. And right. I can't believe we're doing this. So 
I just, I just hope the consciousness is being raised and I, and I give, you know, if you have a gut feeling that you need something, you know, the, we're here. Yeah. Find the helpers. Find the helpers. We're here. You know, let's, we're, we're trying to spread the, the word. Yes. That uh, this is such an important piece. Absolutely. Well done. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for uh, this forum. You're very welcome. A Path Home is a production of the National Home Funeral Alliance, a nonprofit organization dedicated to educating and advocating for communities and families who choose to care for their own loved ones at death. Check out our website at homefuneralalliance.org. If you like this podcast, be sure to tell a friend and subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to share your home funeral or natural burial experience on the podcast, please email me at podcast at homefuneralalliance.org. We'd love to hear from you. The music at the beginning and end of A Path Home is written and performed by Sarah Cruz. Our beautiful cover art is by Linda Carre. And until next time, remember the words of Ram Das: We are all walking each other home. I want to be there to walk you home I'll tend to your body, you'll tend to my soul And if it happens